Chapter forty one of On a Donkey's Hurricane Deck. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lynn Thompson. On a Donkey's Hurricane Deck by Robert Pitcher Woodward. Chapter forty one. Nearly drowned in the Rockies by macaroni and riding down the bank he spurred into the water the fair god when at the conclusion of pod's aspen lecture he gave the signal for our outfit to move on i breathed a sigh of relief i abhor crowds i despise shoemakers they say that an ingrown nail is painful an impounded nail is worse pod said he wouldn't care if i had lockjaw for then I'd have to keep my mouth shut. You ordered Bridget to call us at eight in the morning, didn't you? Pod asked of his valet, when we were a mile out of town. I did that, Coonskin replied. Who could Bridget be? Surely the turtle, Bill, hadn't changed his name. I'd hate to have him pull me out of bed. Have the men got a woman stowed away in their luggage? queried Cheese. I hear him talking of some biddy. It's scandalous exclaimed miss Damfino and miss skates said she thought so too These words were hardly spoken when about eight o'clock We were strolling peacefully down the trail along the high bank of roaring fork river in the darkness Something with a shrill voice suddenly began to scream and kick up a terrible racket in one of my saddlebags electrifying my whole being was pod bewitched or was some demon upon me i asked both questions at once and not waiting for an answer ran through the darkness blind with terror ears back tail out straight and legs spinning i failed to see the trail or hear my master's was i only thought the devil was after me and i flew through the air like a meteor soon the trail turned to the right but i kept on straight ahead and suddenly tumbled tail over ears down the steep bank into the rushing river My master still holding on to reins and saddle horn How deep I dived I can't say The dampness poured into my ears and mouth and drowned my thoughts and just when I had begun to think of my past life I came to the surface with that demon still yelling and clinging to the saddle or to pod then a terrific jerk on my bit brought me to my senses and I swam to the nearest shore It was a long hard pull pod clung to me as though I were a life boy But when I climbed onto the bank out of breath the screaming demon chased me halfway up to the trail Pod's mouth was a flame of fire, but aimed more at coonskin than at me reckon he thought me too wet to burn the whole outfit including dog and turtle awaited us with bated breath We found out who Bridget is said cheese laughing to the devil with Bridget I retorted what in the name of Balaam was that after us? The new alarm clock you fool Replied cheese. I was too full for utterance too full of water the professor was a sight even in the darkness never saw him so mad didn't you know that if at six o'clock you set the alarm for eight in the morning it would ring at eight in the evening? 
he vociferated wildly gesticulating at his scared and speechless attendant cautiously through the darkness we proceeded for a couple of miles pod walking to prevent taking cold he said then we were steered to an old cedar stump where we camped bridget's alarming voice had made a fearful impression upon me several times on the way to camp i imagined a demon was after me and shied into the sage why i've seen roosters and hens chase all over a half-acre lot and jump a fence after losing their heads simply from nervousness the cedar stump was set ablaze and as soon as pod had pitched the tent he began walking around it dressed in his only suit of clothes trying to get thoroughly dry he was not in a good mood to talk with so i kept aloof next morning the valley and the mountains hemming it in revealed a beautiful and bountiful nature although alfalfa seemed to be the chief crop fields of wheat and oats waved in the breeze it was august the harvest had hardly begun the verdure on the mountains was not less lavish in its rare autumnal tintings than were the internal colorings of the hills with metals copper lead silver and gold now the trail would hug the river so closely i could hear the roaring flood and again the current would sink beyond reach of ear or eye suddenly to burst upon us later the sun grew hotter with every hour's travel the trail became more dusty the prickly sage looked more browned and withered one evening under the screen of darkness the men pitched camp conveniently near to an alfalfa field haystack and potato cellar the sage while much seared by the sun was yet too young and green to burn so when coonskin dropped the two large boards in front of the tent pod was elated the fellow said he had unroofed a tater cellar in view of the shady deed pod kindled the fire on the shady side of the tent and proceeded to cook the supper we hadn't time to make our escape next morning before we heard the rattle of a wagon approaching presently a team of horses driven by a short morose looking black whiskered farmer stopped right in front of camp instinct told me he was the owner of the property we had squatted on and intended to make trouble pod was seldom embarrassed but when so he appealed to coonskin's wit and gall for the desired relief the man climbed out of the wagon and walked toward the tent until he saw don and stopped short coonskin winked slyly at pod and me under his hat brim and said to our caller walk right in sir and make yourself miserable the dog won't hurt you then pod said a good morning sweet and juicy the stranger's sharp eyes surveyed the remaining board and the cremation ashes of the departed and nodded sourly i was now saddled and coonskin was buckling on his belt with revolvers and hunting knife said he to our guest this traveling round the world on a bet ain't what it's cracked up to be reckon not retorted the stranger and he asked big bet no only fifteen thousand dollars the stranger grunted as he mentally appraised the value of his lumber and then regarded the men as if he wanted to put a price on their heads wouldn't been so bad coonskin resumed if one of our original party hadn't got scalped by eskimos when crossing the arabian desert i want to know the stranger exclaimed how did it happen as he spoke 
He sat down near the board and whittled a stick now and then eyeing coonskin with overdue interest Well, you see the valet began we were trailing on the desert at night Because the Sun in India is so hot when he suddenly hailed what we took to be a caravan But instead of one outfit there were three all of them enemies of each and t'other Hottentots Spaniards and Solomon Islanders all at laggerheads say weren't we in a nice mess Pears so the farmer ejaculated with rapt fizz At once all tried to capture us coonskin continued But pretty soon fell to fighting among themselves and that's how we escaped but Jack got shot Coonskin looked as if he had lost his last friend Poor Jack muttered prof shaking his head sorrowfully I saw plainly the story had touched the stranger's heart Pretty sad wasn't it boys he commented Didn't ye have no shooting irons along he asked Should say we did a whole battery said the valet we shot several of the black demons here waxing excited as he recalled the harrowing spectacle but what was a thousand of them compared with one jack and coonskin tickled me in the ribs There are a hundred jacks returned the farmer absent-mindedly and looking thoughtful Then pod said it was time to be going and offered to pay the farmer for the board He had much enjoyed but the latter said he didn't want no pay and after offering pod and coonskin his plug of tobacco clambered into his wagon and drove off then we made for Glenwood Springs. End of chapter 41